Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis here on a Wednesday. Spencer, just uh, Spencer and I reacting uh, to the end of the season uh, and some of KP's comments after last night and why folks seem to be, I think, uh, up in arms about some of it. Uh, because, it, look, if it's going to be bad, you, I think you've at least wanted to have the feeling uh, that everyone understands why it's bad, that it's bad, that it has to change, and what you're going to do about it. And when you, I think you get some of the comments uh, – that were made last night. You worry about it at least a little bit. I will say, I, th- I think we've seen over the course of the season, though, Kenny sometimes will say things in the post game, and then when he is more reflective on either, let's say, the coach's show or uh, the, the following press conference, it strikes a little bit of a different tone. I think sometimes you get the fans' comments that happen in the post games, and then at the coach's show or the next press conference when he's in a, you know, a little bit different frame of mind, it's a little more nuanced, a little more toned uh, down, and maybe this will play out uh, that way. Uh, but the season is over. It's We've never seen anything like what we saw uh, this year, and hopefully none of us will uh, again. He did talk, in addition to the uh, being at the podium, he did talk to Jody uh, as well on the broadcast uh, there. And I think like the tone with Jody sounded dramatically different. It, to, to me, it sounded very different than, than when he was at the podium and a little bit more like what we were hoping to hear. Uh, can we play number two? He talked uh, in particular about a meeting – Asked uh, about sort of what you do with players and, and continuity and discontinuity with the roster for next year and how that process will go. Uh, and here's what he had to say. As a coaching staff now, what, what do you do? Where do you go from here? Do you meet with all your guys? It's a different age in college basketball. Some guys are going to leave. Ellen Sidney obviously went through senior day. Do you meet with everybody individually? Where do you go from here? Definitely. i got to sit down with each person, and we got to come up with a strategy, with a plan, and what they're, what they're looking for and what I'm looking for. And uh, Some of it, to be honest, is not going to be what they want to hear. Some of it, I may not hear what I want to hear. So we'll figure it out, meet with each other, and see who deserves, as I said in the beginning, to be in that jersey, who understands what it means to be in that jersey, who's up for the obligation of being in that jersey. And if not, I had a year to evaluate it. If you don't deserve to be in that jersey, as much as I love you, I can't have you in that jersey. I did. uh, I will respond to what uh, has been what was just said there, but I did want to quickly note uh, Jim Beheim is out. 
uh, according to, uh, I think it's Donna DeTota, I think is her name, uh, with uh, Syracuse.com. Uh, he is done. Jim Beheim's career as the basketball coach at Syracuse is over. Adrian Autry will take over. After 47 years, Jim Beheim out at Syracuse. I knew I could see your face that that was coming, but that's a. Uh, I didn't think we get today. I thought it'd be like oh, tomorrow. Same, same, same. Especially Good. a legend like Jim Beheim. You just, I mean, there's again, you know what must be done, must be done, but it's just a shame that kind of ends like this. A whimper. You know, very few uh, coaches get to go out on top, on top, uh, uh, unless they, you know, maybe retire before they have a chance uh, or before they reach that place where it sort of goes like this. But look, Beheim, th- there has been a tremendous drain in name, brand, and good head coaches out of the ACC over the last five years or so, six years or so, uh, that you start to think back on when we had Wes Durham on. He said, I'm more worried about the future of basketball than football in the ACC. Kind of had this in mind. You think about five, six years ago, you had Rick Patino, Mike Bray at like the top of his game, you know, where he's got Jeremy Grant and guys and they're going deep in the tournament and all that sort of thing. Uh, you had Roy Williams, Coach K, Jim Bay, and now those guys are all gone. All of them. It's Tony Bennett's conference now. It is Tony I Bennett's mean, conference now, and that should that. scare you. Except unless you're Locke, it should scare you. Right. It should still scare Locke too, but it doesn't. Uh, but that is a, a it's weird. I almost never thought I would imagine the day uh, th- that that Bayheim is out, but he is. I Adrian Autry was, takes I mean, over. I just thought he was going to be one of those guys who just dies with the job. Like he's just going to coach it until he's on his deathbed. That's kind of the way Syracuse has been my entire life. I mean, your life too. Adrian Autry, a 51 years uh, old, his assistant coach will take over uh, as Syracuse's coach. So it's over. Uh, Jim Beheim, his career there is over. And look, this is, you know, people ask this question, I think, a little bit about Duke. Like, what will Duke be like when Coach K is gone? Because it's just so identifiable with him uh, and his success there from the very, very early 80s until just uh, last year. It's a fair question about Syracuse basketball. What will it be without him? Uh, without Bayheim there, they're going to play man to man next year. God, it's so funny, right? Like the jokes write themselves. Uh, it will be weird to not see him on the sideline picking his nose and stuff, though. It'll be odd for him to not be there. It will. If you were to power rank ACC basketball coaches now, it'd be a crapshoot, man. It's, Shire has it's to just, be up there. It's just it's a Bennett and a bunch of dudes. There you go, but just <laughs> this year, Jeff Capel has somehow revived his career. I know. Bray's out at Notre Dame. Who's taking that job? I mean, Pastor might be out. We'll see if anyone cares. Can Leonard Hamilton him. doesn't have much longer to go. He's another one where it'd be weird because he's, he's older than you think, and he's been at Florida State for, what, 20-plus years He's been now? there a long time, man. Fascinating. Who's the second-best coach in the ACC right now? It's probably Jim Laranega. That That's a good point there. He's got a Final Four appearance. He's, I mean, outside of when they were sort of hamstrung uh, by the by the the the, the, the Adidas thing uh, that sort of hung out there. I mean, Jim Laranega is a great coach. Uh, they're going to be really, they are really good uh, this year. He probably is the second best coach in the ACC right now, and that's why the ACC is sort of mired where it is. There's been gigantic bunches of uh, coaching turnover there. Uh, Texture wants to know if Jim quit or did they fire him. I think they were kind of at the end. 
I think this is like the this we'll was the end. See mutual parting ways, just so both sides can save face. Well, I mean, Bayheim answered questions after the game today uh, about and said he wanted to come back and coach again, but he's been really. Th- I think he knew. I feel like this is a conversation they've had. I agree, especially to do it the day they lose their last game. They've definitely had the conversation behind the scenes, much like some of the fans wanted, you know, heard and Kenny to have these conversations behind the scenes of what the expectation is going forward and job security. I think they knew that too. He to me, he feels like the the quintessential coach used to doing it the old way, uh, who is not just doesn't have what's demanded of college coaches now to really it's a young man's game it's a younger man's game uh for for just about everybody except for patino who's crazy in that way and so yeah if you're just uh, getting in the car you're just joining us here amazingly we have reached the place uh where after 47 seasons the jim Beheim era at uh, at syracuse is over and they have already named adrian autry the coach so it's not like there's going to be a who will they hire because it was Mike Hopkins for a while Absolutely. before he took the Washington job years ago. And it didn't really go that well with Washington and him. I don't even know if he's still the guy there. I think he is still there, but no, it doesn't matter, right? It's like, it's just, uh, if you're Syracuse, I know a number of you have texted in, like, why would you not try to hire Patino? Well, that would be hilarious. It would be, but he's all, like, they want the next person for a while, I think. I mean, Villanova did this last year, hiring Kyle Neptune after right step decides, like, you're going to hire this guy. I get he was an assistant coach there. He was at Fordham. So you did have that one year. It truly is remarkable what's happening with, with coaching hires at places that are unquestionably basketball machines. Like Louisville hired Kenny Payne, never been a head coach. North Carolina hires Hubert Davis, never been a head coach. Duke hires John Shire, never been a head coach. Now we're talking about Syracuse. They're hiring Adrian, never been a head coach. Like, it's crazy. Like, could you imagine if, like, Alabama football – like the day Saban ever steps down, if it's just some lowly assistant coach none of us have heard of, it's like that's my successor. It's like you're not going to try to get like Kirby back over there, anyone from Dabo. the plethora of the yeah Dabo would make sense Played or there, the plethora right? of just Saban and coaching assistants. It really is kind of uh, remarkable uh, that the best brands in in the ACC in ter- in longest most prestigious brands in men's basketball in the ACC all opted for kind of the same kind of coach in their coaching chain guys with relationships to the place who already knew it potential guys with no, with no head coaching experience not one of them it's it's remarkable to me and i don't we'll see if it works we'll see syracuse it'll be odd to see what happens there because if they have a season or they have seasons like they've continued to draw really well even as they sort of muddled through these bubble team years at the end here for Bayheim. that that uh that arena is going to look bizarre if it's like not full you know like if they if the it's bottom falls out for them oof, it's gonna be weird of it being a football stadium that they cut in half for basketball but yeah, you know, if you get like you know the yum center type of crowds we had this past year in that arena it's gonna look cavernous really, is the word yeah it's gonna be awful i think i remember kelly gramlich talking about uh players uh, when she played women's basketball there, they just didn't draw very well because they weren't very good when she played against them at Clemson. And it was just like a, an extremely difficult place to play when it's empty. It's a weird place. It's like that COVID year where a lot of players, you know, camera was empty during that season. It was just weird to watch games. That was so depressing. I mean, you had the NBA, the bubble where they had like, oh, you can zoom in and watch the game. Or MLB had like teddy bears in the stands. Let's play this clip again. 
Can we play number two again? Because we just didn't talk about it at all. And I want to make sure everyone gets a chance to hear it. But basically talked about kind of the end of the year process. As a coaching staff now, what, what do you do? Where do you go from here? Do you meet with all your guys? It's a different age in college basketball. Some guys are going to leave. Ellen Sydney obviously went through senior day. Do you meet with everybody individually? Where do you go from here? Definitely. i got to sit down with each person, and we got to come up with a strategy, with a plan, and what they're, what they're looking for and what I'm looking for. And uh, Some of it, to be honest, is not going to be what they want to hear. Some of it, I may not hear what I want to hear. So we'll figure it out, meet with each other, and see who deserves, as I said in the beginning, to be in that jersey, who understands what it means to be in that jersey, who's up for the obligation of being in that jersey. And if not, I had a year to evaluate it. If you don't deserve to be in that jersey, as much as I love you, I can't have you in that jersey. I'm glad to hear that. I think people are looking forward to those evaluations. I would imagine a lot of them are going to go the way that he said there. Where I can't imagine there are a lot of guys on this roster that he's going to be falling over himself to to want back. Uh, there's going to be, uh, I think, heavy on the discontinuity there and changes and sending guys. I think the the thing that's amazing is to to hear him say that, and and I don't know if this happened before or after. I think he went to the podium first. Like immediately afterwards, and then you know did that with with Jody in the hallway or whatever outside the locker room there in Greensboro. To hear him say like, "Of course, I'm going to sit down after after the season with every player individually, and explain this is what I'm looking for, and this is what I want, and this is what I think I you know we have to have this, and we think you can do it or we think you can't with every player." It's odd that he would just so, so matter-of-factly say that, which I think we all agree he should do, and every coach probably does at the end of every season. But to have just acted like it was an outrage to wonder if he would do the same thing with his assistant coaches. Like, Can we, can we play that clip uh, again, the question about uh, the staff? like, Think about what we just heard. I'm going to sit down with each player. I'm going to evaluate him, tell you this is what you're good at, this is what you're bad at, this is what we need going forward, and I either think you I love you, but I either think you can or you can't do it. But then he said this about, evaluating coaches. Kenny, so you said you're going to take some time, you know, to think about, you know, just um, how to move forward here. Um, when you think about two days, some days, okay. Two days, two days. Okay. Um, when you think about, you know, you know, and the coaches on your staff, um, how do you go about uh, talking to them about, you know, um, you know, uh, taking stock and how they did this year and coaching with you and, you know, you know, just uh, building that staff and uh, continuing to you know, move forward. Still don't understand the question, but I can tell you I have one of the best staffs in college basketball. I can tell you that there are unique individuals that have had so much success in this game. I can't believe you just asked that question um, because you're looking at guys that have accomplished more in their life as players. Forget coaching. Their experience in life is why I hired them. They are great coaches. And they gave these kids love every day. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't even understand the question. Like, how? what is there to evaluate? I asked them to love the young men. That's why I hired them. To adopt their dreams. That's why I hired them. Um, nothing else. They did their jobs. They did a great job. I love my staff. I, I, I just, I don't understand why you would have kind of, 
outrage at the question, surprised you're even asked about coaches, but then say, like, in great detail, we're going to do this with every single player. I would think at 4-28, and 28, this would be sort of the MO with everything. But it's it's pretty clear. And look, it's high risk, high reward on Kenny's part. He's made it obviously, abundantly clear. For him, this is the player's fault. This whole season, it's the player's fault. He's not particularly interested in talking about anything he did that he would have done differently or that coaches can or need to do differently. Uh, it's about the players. It's For him, it's insane to even be asking him about coaches and how they think they did. They're great coaches. Players, we'll see. Okay. I mean, that's fine. If, it, if that's his evaluation of things, then you can change the players a lot, and it better be a lot different, right? It has. There's to no be. other There's option. Like, that's the only option. Is it's, I mean, to the extreme of make the tournament or not next year, or you know, just moderate improvement. Like, you, it cannot be this bad again. I think everyone, and again, if Kenny wants to, you know, ride or die with his staff that he handpicked, you know, he's entitled to do that. He's the head coach. He's paid the money to make these decisions. He's also paid to evaluate talent. So I, but like you said, I think every option should be on the table, from player A like L. Ellis down to the bench warmers, the walk-ons, and I think all the staff members should be evaluated. But I understand it's Kenny; it's his job, and if he wants to keep everyone, that's his prerogative. And the results are his to live with. Like that's the thing. Like, you, if it's going to be, I got great coaches. The roster is a problem. Okay. Going to empower you to change the roster how you want it to be. There are no clouds of any kind. Uh, even though he did bring that up, can we, we might as well play number three. The results are are totally on Kenny next year. Like if, for all of you who have just sort of been, you know, kind of gone out of your way to to make sure that nothing is really on Kenny or Kenny's responsibility, it's you can't you can't possibly do that. Really, starting today, you can debate percentages which side you think it is. Because it is partly on the players, partly on the the coaches. You can debate whatever side it is, but it's not one hundred and zero. Let's play. If we could play number three here. You took the job almost a year ago. The first couple months were difficult. The next month and a half, two months are probably the most important two months. Are they not to to kind of get this thing rebuilt, going in the right direction? No question. It's probably the first time um, that I'll have to have an equal playing field. I think when I got the job, and there was so much, there was so many rumors about what's going to happen to this program because the NCAA ruling hadn't happened yet. Um, and so you go out and you talk to kids, and it's late, and they all are here, and you're getting a death penalty, and they're going to do away with the program, and on and on and on. There was apprehensive uh, apprehension there. Also, um, how do you win? You know, when you got a team like this, like. All those questions were, all those things came up in the recruiting process, and there wasn't a lot of kids out there at that time. Uh, now, there will be. Now we have to evaluate the character, the talent, the will to win, and how do we get them in this program, um, and how many. I think we could all agree, even if we grant all of that, that basically this this needs to be like the last time we really hear about any of it. 
And I know that a number of you have not uh, been willing to grant really kind of any quarter, like at all, you know, no grace, no patience, no nothing. And that was probably always a bit unfair. I think the things that he brought up probably did hinder them from being able to address the roster like they had wanted to last year. It was a factor. It didn't stop them. They still should have done better than they did. But it mattered. It's not there now. And after, I think, a couple of weeks, I think the portal, what, officially is like open the 13th, I think is what I've seen I mean, in a number I've of places. I've seen like guys like Goodman and others tweet out like this guy's in the portal, but maybe it's like this guy's intending to go in the portal. I'm not sure the exact parameters. Yeah, I think the, like the window for guys actually start going somewhere else, I think, is what is what opens up pretty soon here. Uh, the roster is going to change dramatically. Like it's, it's a risky maneuver to just sort of put all of this on them like it was sort of no matter what you were going to do. Uh, no matter what happened this year, this is all on the players. Well, okay, the next year it really is all you. And the, I would imagine in light of that, like if it's really true, like this team is the problem, can't really want like any, hardly any of these guys back, right? Like you just you, – I three or four guys back maybe? I, I've always said like five is the absolute maximum, and I don't even think you should bring back five. But that's the maximum you should bring back because, I mean, let's face it, you, you won four games. And there's guys that didn't even see the court. Like, you had la- yesterday you had some guys play the last minute of the game. Like, Devin Ree, he barely played this year. Roosevelt barely played most of the year. Like, those guys, I think it's good as gone. But, like, everyone should be evaluated. And it's going to be a vastly different roster next year, and it should be. By the way, since I mentioned this, Josh Pastner at the press conference just now. We were pretty good in year four before COVID hit. We were really good in year five. That decision's up to my bosses. I hope I get to continue to be at Georgia Tech. So for anyone who had an issue with Brooks asking that question last night, this Beheim got asked about it and he answered it. Pastner got asked about it and he answered it. It's totally normal and very, very much usual and accepted and appropriate to ask a coach in his last post-game press conference of the season. Do you think you'll be back? What do you think about your future? Have you talked about whatever? However you want to ask it. And Brooks's was even tamer than most people get. It just there's, I have no objection to him asking about it. And I wish Kenny would have answered it differently than he did. I th- yeah, I think everyone does. I mean, it's unique because he is in year one. But still, everyone's asked to evaluate the future of this program. And should they restaff changes? That's a standard protocol, I think. And Kenny, we've talked about learning on the job. That's another thing he's had to learn is these post-game press conferences should be tough, and they are tough if you're not winning games. And it's kind of a two-way street with what he had to say there. This is He's saying this is the first time they're really having a chance to hit the recruiting trail with no restrictions, and, and his words were what, an even playing field? You know, you got the, uh, the IARP decision, what, November or so? Okay. Then the results need to be closer to – what everyone's been expecting. And the good news is, I think they might be closer. Dennis Evans is going to visit this weekend. I've, I feel very good about that. And now we've gotten an announcement that Trenton Flowers, who's a five-star guard, a big, tall kid, but, I mean, offers from everybody, Creighton and North Carolina and Arizona and, I mean, you name it, uh, is going to commit on March 17th. There's been a lot of reports chatter lately among recruiting types that Louisville's in really really good shape there that they they feel good about this one if so getting Evans and then him in, between now and the 17th that would be great 
especially if it's true that that uh, Flowers would consider and maybe uh, would reclass and be on the team next year. If I were to tell you that this roster just brings back, let's say, trainer, Mike James, Okora for Hatfield, I guess. I'd bring back Kamari. I don't. I I've seen several indicate that probably isn't going to happen, uh, including Jody. I think. But if you just brought those guys back, but you add, say, Sky Clark, Trenton Flowers, if he reclassifies, or you add uh, Trenton Flowers with the guys that are coming in, I mean, that's it's a better roster. It's an upgrade. It's going to be very hard to make it a worse roster. Well, I yeah. Mean, but also, you, but it wants to be a demonstrably better roster, and that is. Yeah, but you also saw this team had five top 100 players on this team and won four games. Of, like last week, they show that stat, which is pathetic. It would look. It would lend some credence to the idea that the "quote unquote" cloud did hurt them at first. If they get out there and, and end up with a recruiting class combination of a portal and recruiting class that's so much better, uh, that's great. That's good. And then the results will have to match that. But I think everyone agrees here, and I would imagine Joshua is going to find a, a more artful and professional way than than any of us are to say that basically, like it has the the. Excuses have to stop now. And I'm not saying excuses in like an incendiary way. I mean like the reasons for you not being able to do the things that we need the Louisville coach to do, like they have to be gone. And they are. Now you got to start winning. There's nobody here. The NCAA is not around. The FBI is not around. Uh, nothing. Max guys aren't around if you want to throw that <laughs> for argument For the most in part, there. yeah. That's right. I mean, that's – and if the team looks dramatically better, then he will have been right. If they're just dramatically better, more than anything, though, like in terms of like ratings and that sort of thing, I sometimes it's hard to do the show with Luke on Tuesdays because Luke is so very different from what a lot of the guys on the team are like. In terms of guys loving hard work, that's the thing that I think I have been bothered by the most is it just doesn't look like a group of guys who really delight in any of kind of the grimy things the, the mentally tough things they you know there were so many times this season they went right in the tank the first time something went wrong uh, a lot of shoulder shrugging a lot of that come on man face from so many players a lot of hands up in the air and complaining to officials all that stuff and not a lot of times where you felt like, here's a guy who's like, I don't care how bad this is going. I'm digging in and we're getting out of this at all. And even if it's there are you know some guys brought in who aren't necessarily like the highest rated guys at this or that, we need that. There have got to be those guys. And you know what those guys have got to be? Loud. Those guys have got to be gigantic personalities who will talk and make other people talk. And make other people listen. I can't it's just I can't endure another season of watching players who don't talk to each other. And we just we did it 32 games of Louisville players not talking to each other, which is more foreign to me than anything I've ever seen in terms of just basketball where guys don't talk to one another. It can't be this way. These guys weren't connected at any point. I don't think they were particularly bought in. And what we're going to find out after this year is, is they didn't buy in because it wasn't worth buying into or because they're not buy people. 
I mean, it's like those guys, they basically, you know, clocked in for practice, clocked in for the games, went home, never talked to their coworkers afterwards. That's how or, they viewed it. Or to them when they're there. That too is like, oh, I'll just in your cubicle and just work. But it's like, you can't do that because you're on the court. Let's take our last break. We'll come back. We'll put a bow on this one here. On the drive and I think the vote. Be right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition. And I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis here on a Wednesday. The phone lines are open. If you guys want to try uh, to squeeze in here, you can. We've got some time for you before uh, we finish things up here today. On a Wednesday, after Louisville season Ends and what has turned out to be kind of a surprising, uh, newsworthy, news-filled day here. With uh, if you're just joining us, Jim Beheim out uh, at Syracuse after 47 seasons. They lost uh, today in the ACC tournament, and that is it. They are done. That is the end of Jim Beheim at Syracuse. And now you have four of the better basketball brands in the ACC: uh, in Duke, North Carolina, Louisville, and Syracuse, all with first-time head coaches. Uh, leading them it's kind of uh you would think that those places would be able to sort of take you know their their pick of the litter and i think you remember last year we talked about carolina we who i don't remember who we had on maybe in west Durham, that said that they did try to talk to mark mark few north carolina did and wasn't particularly interested all four of them first time head coaches that surprises you a little bit especially because you know like the brand name is there even look at UNC the last time around. Sure, there was that three-year stretch. I forget the coach's name after Dean Smith retired. But then you go Guthridge, out, Bill yeah. Guthridge, and, and then, then you swing out Dorn. and get you get Roy Williams off a national runner appearance. 93.9. That's uh, the number if you want to get in here. Thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three-nine for the UPS Jobs text line. If you want to hit us up uh, that way, we've been reacting to Louisville losing uh, last night. And a bit of what Kenny had to say afterwards, some of it a surprise. I am hoping uh, that uh, that it was just sort of him, you know, in a not great frame of mind immediately afterwards. I think everyone was really hoping for more of a an acceptance that this is not okay and I know what to do and I know how to fix it. Uh, and I think being defiant maybe in the face of it or or – uh, reflexively just sort of saying like I have a great staff like I didn't again I don't want to make this I don't want to expect him to dump on his coaches in public no coach is going to do that I do not expect them uh, any coach to do that but I think there are answers he could have given that are not going to inflame people and that are that are more true 
and he didn't do that. And that's why I think you're getting a little bit of the reaction uh, that you're getting today. Let's get uh, Jeff in here. Jeff, welcome into the drive. When I think about what's up, buddy. Hey, what's up, Mark? Hey, I tell you what, this is just I've I've been a Kenny Payne supporter, and just as of late, there's a couple things that are just telling me that this is just not not the right way to go anymore. And you know, there's all these little things. You know, talking to guys and saying about how good his staff is and how great his staff is and how he didn't hire him to coach the kids. He hired him to love the kids, and that's what they did. And I'm like, you know. I'm watching your staff go on to Louisville sports, you know, interviews and stuff like that, and you can't even get your staff to wear the proper uniform and attire and what they're doing. And if you can't get your staff to buy in and you can't get your own damn staff to wear proper uniform and what they're doing, how are you going to get 17 to 23-year-old kids to buy in and do what you're telling them to do? Because it tells me that either, number one, you don't care about the details, you just care about being a good guy. Or number two, you're too ignorant to the fact to pay attention that details matter. I know very little about basketball in terms of you know being able to get out there and coach kids. But I'm pretty sure that just about any person that got out there on the sideline could have coached the basketball team the four wins this year just by dumb luck. You know, so – Saying that this is, you know, the staff did a great job and loving on the kids and whatever, and he's astonished by the questions that people are asking him. Those are the wrong answers. So I'm seeing the wrong answers, not saying the right things, all the way back to recruiting and not saying the right things about NIL and stuff like that. He's made a lot more mistakes than he has. Po- Actually, I haven't seen him do anything positive at all since he's been here. So, you know, it's it's one of those deals hey, he's an alumnus, he's great, he's opened up some stuff, he's done things, but this is the University of Louisville. Four wins, the worst ever. Somebody earlier had said, you know, if he gets 17 or 18 wins, we might be happy. It's the University of Louisville. It's a top 10 program throughout the country. If you're not making a tournament every year, it's it's expected to go to the tournament. It's not expected to have a losing season. I mean, sub-500, no way. I mean, we couldn't even beat the 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 non you know the teams that we were supposed to go out there and roll out. You know, it's just it's frustrating. But those final answers on that stuff, I mean, it's just telling me this is not a guy that needs to be coaching anybody because he's just not in tune with what's going on around it. And you can love the guys, you can be their friend, you can do whatever. But you know what? You have to be their coach and you have to be in charge of them and tell them what to do. And it looks like you can't do that. So. Anyway, that's all i got to say about that. Appreciate it, Jeff. It was good uh, to hear from you uh, as well there. Look, the we will see if the actions and stuff. Like, the interesting thing will be, like, if he does make a change to the coaching staff. Like, that will be the fascinating thing. It's you know, like, press yeah, conference and introduce the new guy, whatever, you know. So, yeah, he's like, I'm moving aside, so I'm not going to. Again, I don't expect him to, like you said, blast the guys right. immediately after the game ends. But I just don't see how you can look at it and honestly evaluate and say we need to bring everyone back. By the way, you mentioned Mike Hopkins earlier. The you know a bad year for uh, for Washington. Uh, te- he said this uh, just now. I take full responsibility for this season. It's not our standard. There's no one more disappointed than me. We underperformed. I don't believe we've heard that once this year. Miguel, welcome into the drive on I Thunder Bell. What's up? Hi. Good afternoon, guys. Hey, buddy. Uh, Mark, it, it it wasn't just simply Kenny after the game. 
um, you know, caught, uh, caught off guard or kind of bad mood or just kind of surly, this dude is clueless, okay? This, this wasn't a one-time thing. This dude doesn't get it, man. He doesn't read the room. He doesn't understand the details. Your previous caller was spot on, all right? The, the coaching staff has a level. Um, I, I've, I've come to believe that it is a level of arrogance, delusion, and uh, just incompetence that, that is just it's flabbergasting. And, I, I, you know, I, I, beginning of the season, you know, there's, there's talk, yeah, I've talk conversations with friends. And it's like, man, we're going we're gonna to suck. And we could go like 5 and 25 or some crazy number. And then it was always like, you know, it's one thing to – well, you said it on the radio. Like, it's one thing to say that, but to actually experience it. Yeah. I feel the same way about, like, um, Josh Hurd, you know? Like, I don't expect Josh to come out and, and like, just roast Kenny. I, I, I've kind of braced myself for Kenny's going to get his second year. But to actually hear Josh I just full throat, like, yeah, man, I believe in his plan, it's so disheartening because I don't believe there's a plan. To, I, I, I think there's a better chance a pigs will fly than Kenny has a plan. I, I don't believe it for a second. And here's the reality, man. We're in Louisville, Kentucky. This is not a pro franchise. This is we, – we don't have the ability to, like, give double rods to a, to a team owner and say, man, you know what, uh, I, I'm not going to – support your team and you're going to feel it in the pocketbook the only way is is our our only real um like measure here to say we don't like this is to not support it financially like not renew our season tickets not go to games and it sucks like i can't even tell you i'm sure everyone listening like this sunday is the best day of the year you know like how many times do you look forward to the to the selection show like i cannot bring myself to watch it i can't very it's yet another season we're like this is misery and to hear josh's comments it was so disheartening it put me in such a bad way all day it just sucks thanks appreciate it uh, miguel yeah look here's the thing i don't know why what anyone would ex- necessarily expect josh to be saying and i always go back to like Tom Jurch was aggressive in his support of uh, Steve Cragthorpe, literally into the day they fired him, <laughs> like making people in media's life hell, uh, kinds of aggressive in defense of Cragthorpe until the day he was gone, uh, and then never wanted to hear about having hired Steve Cragthorpe again after that. Uh, so I don't ex- like eighties don't come out and be like, guys, that sucked, right? Like that doesn't happen. Like that, no one does that, and I don't. I don't expect him to. I don't know what. I don't know what anyone expects Josh to say beyond what he's already said. I really don't. Like I don't, I don't know what else. And if if you if like if you feel like sort of like your best way to to make it clear that you you're not happy with this is to not support it, I'm not going to f- tell anyone they have to spend their money any way they want. You fan however you want. And Kenny should be aware. I would imagine that he is. That the the degree to which people financially support the program under his leadership is going to be a factor in whether he's kept or not. It's not the only thing. 
But Josh is balancing a lot of things all at once. And I think one of the things that's important is for an AD to have a reputation as being somebody who supports their coaches to the end. It's how you get the next good one. So uh, no one should be surprised and no one should be ex- no one should have expected Josh to say something that sort of indicated like some sort of like he's on the chopping block or or this like what did you expect him to say? He can't lie. I mean, it's one of those deals, kind of similar to Kenny Payne's. Like, you should be expecting Josh to be asked these questions, but you're not getting anything substantial from these answers. Well, you're just not. You know what? A lot of people want, and I don't know if Miguel's one of those people or not. There are a, a healthy number of people who want someone to be mad at Kenny, like they are. It's why sometimes you'll get post game show callers or. Uh, people who will call or text in after a press conference, and they want you to yell at Kenny the way they want to yell at Kenny. And you get to go to press conferences, so you should do it for me. That happens a lot. And that's just, you're not going to get that. But we just heard today, for instance, Josh heard come out and say, yeah, he was asked, have you talked to the assistant coaches and stuff about wearing Nike on the coaches show, which they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, it's been addressed. It's been addressed. So th- things get addressed. It's you know, Kenny can say I haven't talked. That's not true. They've talked. They've talked. Let's get back uh, to the phone. Let's get James in here next. James, welcome into the drive. What's on your mind, bud? What's going on, guys? Hey, buddy. Hey, man. I I'm gonna. I have to call in because it's finally over, and I'm relieved in a way. Um, I'm so disappointed in in the fan base, and, but not for the simple, not for the reason that you think. I'm I'm mad at the fan base because they've accepted this, and we've got other people in the fan base that's fighting for this, fighting for a coach that won four games in a basketball season, four, and I don't understand it. And I, I, I can't, as a 40-year-old, I can't grasp, I can't, I couldn't, I don't think I can even have a, a conversation with somebody that's going to sit there and tell me that Louisville basketball won four games this year and that it's okay. And my coach gets at the, on the press conference at the, end of the, at the end of the game after he just got worked by Boston College to be just like, I don't know, Mad because he was asked if his job was on the line, or it, does, somebody should have asked him, "Do you think you deserve to be back, Kenny?" That's what should have been asked. What did he do, and this coaching staff do, besides divide the fan base? Because let's face it, that's exactly where we're at this morning or this afternoon. It's a complete and utter disaster. And the people that called in and that said, "Wait a minute, guys." You're hiring a guy that's never been a head coach before ever. And we're okay with this. And we got told to shut up. We are four wins into the season, and it's over now. Season's over with four wins. And you were telling me to shut up. (laughs) Twilight zone, folks. Twilight zone. I didn't tell him to shut up. I let him say it all the way to the end. Just let him roll. Sometimes you have to. Yeah, that's the best thing you can do. Tim, sometimes you got to let a fire burn out, right? Tim, welcome what? into the drive. And I think, what's up, buddy? 
What's up, fellas? So props to Tim Sullivan Jr. yesterday at the press conference. I don't know who that dude is, but uh, we need more of that guy. <laughs> um, you know, so here's the thing that bugs me about it. Kenny, you know, the whole my friend comment, how sarcastic is that? You know, just uh, just answer the question, even if you hate it. But that's a dumb question, my friend, or whatever it was he said. And then you got Nolan Smith with his stupid shoe tweet. It's almost like, I don't know, the coaching staff acts like the fans are idiots. I mean, they act like we are lucky to have them. I'll tell you this. I know they all won championships, and I would take Danny Manning and Kenny Payne and Nolan Smith in a three-on-three game versus Rick Pitino, uh, Roy Williams, and Coach K. I'd take those three in a three-on-three game all day long. But that doesn't mean they can coach. It does not mean – Danny Manning won a title 35 years ago. Kenny Payne won a title 30-something years ago. And it's just so frustrating, the arrogance that comes from a four-win coaching staff. There's going to be teams this week that win four games in tournaments. There's going to be some team that's going to play in round or whatever, and they're going to make a Cinderella run through a conference tournament. They're going to win four games this week. We usually have four games by Thanksgiving. We have four games the whole year. It's just unbelievable. And a word of caution I know there's a lot of Syracuse fans in town. I don't know why that is. Seems like they always have a ton of fans at our games. Uh, but word of caution, I mean, you got a lot of coaches out there that would run to Syracuse. You're going to hire somebody with that experience. I don't get it. And, and let me ask you this question. I'll hang up. Do you think it's a – why do you think it is in basketball that these big programs are – you don't see it in football. I mean, look what Lincoln Riley did. He ran away from one big program to another big program. And I wonder if it's basketball. I don't think it's going to hurt the sport, but do you think that these coaches are just getting to the point where, you know, they're making $5 million in the SEC at Alabama or they're doing well at Gonzaga? Do you think we're going to see the Blue Bloods kind of blend back in with everybody else? Because it seems like nobody wants to go coach at these programs. I don't understand it. So, I don't know, boys. It was just a lot of arrogance last night. So, good job to that reporter. Maybe he should have a show or something. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. Take care, boys. Appreciate uh, the call. That was Brooks. I'll give Brooks Holton uh, with the Courier his credit. He did ask the questions. Uh, I don't know if Brooks wants to do radio anytime soon. I'll ask him next time I talk to him. Uh, I can't help but laugh. Jim Beheim's last game, Greensboro, of which he is an enormous fan, as everyone knows, complained uh, why they play the conference tournament in in, uh, Greensboro, said the only place to eat in Greensboro was a Denny's, famously. Uh, when their game today against Wake Forest went final in Greensboro, the city of Greensboro's official Twitter account tweeted, great win by Wake uh, men's basketball to start the second round of the 2023 ACC men's basketball tournament. Despite our first-class hospitality, Cuse again in a hurry to get back home. Wake bringing hashtag value to the tournament. Got Ouch. Got pettiness here, though. Ouch. Also, Syracuse just like, Canning him in Greensboro or announcing the move in Greensboro. Like, thanks a lot, man. Twisting the knife every way they it's can. It's such an awkward ending for his time there. For it feels like such a whimper, does it not? Yeah, it's like the most anticlimactic ending you would have thought that a, a legend for Syracuse basketball and Jim Beheim would get. Now, like, again, Coach K, Roy, they get to go on their own terms. They announced it. Roy just in the middle of the offseason on April 1st, I remember, because I thought it was a joke. And then Coach K, he's like, this is going to be my last year, the retirement tour that he had. But Jim Beheim's like, no indication he wants to retire until today, really. 
You if think, he wants it. Think about the difference in the end of the careers of Coach K and Jim Beheim. Coach K got like the everyone gave him gifts and they did like a freaking ESPN special and like Adam Silver is at his last game at Cameron and he's like <laughs> everyone has to sit there like a hostage at the end, you know, after the game and he has to do this stupid press conference and, and everything after they lost the game to Carolina. <laughs> he's telling people to shut up and all that. You remember all that? Yeah. That, and then Beheim, they're just like, oh, by the way, you're also fired. You yeah, that was my favorite part of the Coach K <laughs> ending was him just losing to his biggest rival in North Carolina in the Final Four. I thought that was the most poetic ending for – I mean, unpoetic for Coach K, but poetic for all of us Ducators. You very rarely do you get to pick how you go out. Uh, but the idea – like, Coach K got, like, the most ego-feeding, fawning, year-long – you know, just – it was just obscene by the end. And then Bayheim was just like, oh, by the way, you're out too. Get your own trip home from Greensboro, yeah, you like, bastard. Like we just like I mentioned, Roy. I mean, Jay Wright was just kind of middle of the day. See, I like, admire Roy because Roy was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, press conference tomorrow, and I'm out, and then he was just gone, and that's it. Do it like Roy. <laughs> so much better than Coach K. I wish I could go back in time to watch that again. To him telling people to shut up. Now, what's gonna be awkward next year? Trying to remember the actual of name of the dome, JMA Dome, or remember that Jim Beheim's not the head coach of Syracuse men's basketball anymore. Yeah, it's going to be Adrian Autry at the JMA Dome. Such a weird thing. <sighs> of course, we'll be at LNN Federal Credit Union Stadium next year. But we know Jeff Bob, so we at least got that on him. All right, that's going to do it for us here. Appreciate all of you guys calling in all day here. Went by fast. You've been listening to The Drive on the Thunderbolt. See you.